Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Almost everybody is enthusiastic about the promise of biotechnology to cure disease and to relieve suffering. Leon Cass. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel and Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hi, I'm Ruhani, the host for today's show. And today's show is all about biotechnology. In segment two, I will be talking about the importance of women in STEM. In segment three, Kevin Chu will be dissecting all there is to know about biotechnology in this segment, AI and Us. And right now, Kirthi will be humorously explaining biotechnology to our audience. Welcome, Kirthi. Salutations. Your resident youth debater slash spider murderer is back. And as you can also tell, I, British Chetty, am also back. I recently made my cameo in Dogs, the musical, Never Gonna Wolf You Again, and toured Luxembourg with my dance troupe. Or was it Lithuania? Or Latvia? Anyway, I heard that Kathy had done an episode without me and had betrayed me, so I left my dance troupe to fend for themselves and rushed back here to reclaim my sport as the star of Nerd Extraordinaire. Um, sorry, I'm getting a call from Kathy. Wait, what? Are you serious? Ugh, fine. Co-star of Nerdic Sordinaire, a segment for all youth, debater, and fiction writers. Wait just a second, please. I'm getting another call. Excuse me. I'm just an opening act. Oh, I'm not even an opening act. I'm just some random weirdo who's taking up all of your time. Oh, you tried it. She tried it. I am not a random person. I am the star of Dogs the Musical and the understudy to the understudy of the lead sister's cousin's great-grandfather's aunt in Hamilton and one of Lebanon, Libya's top actresses. Oh, well, if you're going to be like that, I'm going to leave. I said, I'm going to leave. Seriously, no one's going to stop me. Ugh, poor Gosh, British Kirthi is one stubborn person. 
It took me three candied frogs, don't ask, 7,000 gallons of eggplant puree, again, don't ask, and a 300-foot-tall statue of Gertrude Stein made of glitter glue. Again, please don't ask, to get her to stop talking. But who knew that British Troopy had a dance troupe and was an actress? Huh. Oh, he would be like me if he just had a little fun, like a school play. A school play? Of course, first step, school play, next step, Broadway. Okay, we need to get you out of here. Be gone! Anyway, today's show is about three things. Biotechnology, genetic modification, and ethics. Just because I'm the first segment and today's show has biotech in it, I'm just going to give a brief definition definition and illumination about biotech. I just mixed in definition and illumination. Just because I know what it is and I kind of want to brag about it, even though it has nothing to do with my segment and I am aware that I'm sweating on forbidden territory. Actually, it does have something to do with the debate. Today, we're going to make something different. And no, I'm not coming up with a third topic to make my segment about, because that's what I did the last time I said that. Today is going to be debate, but we're actually going to create two opposing debate mini-cases and work on some arguments on both sides. Biotechnology is using biological systems or living things to modify and produce goods beneficial to organisms, such as the production of food and medicine, and this process is done with the help of technology. It's a bit confusing, but for example, the usage of biocatalysts such as enzymes and yeast to produce microscopic manufacturing plants is biotech. Let's go over some advantages of biotech. Biotech can help produce healthier foods, and since genetics can be altered through biotech, scientists can increase the amount of healthy, healthy nutrients in crops. Changing the genetic code of crops could also cause fewer pesticides to be used, more efficient farming, and higher output levels. Just like biotech helps through the genetic genetic modification, genification. What does that even mean? Genetic modification of plants. Scientists could use biotech to modify the genetic code of humans by fixing genetic deficiencies and diseases. It could also help the environment in many fancy and complicated ways that I don't understand. So it seems perfect, doesn't it? Why don't we just use biotech for everything and live perfect lives? Most of these advantages stem from genetic engineering, which can be dangerous because we don't know its long-term effects yet. And we would be heavily relying on something we don't even know much about. So the world could explode or whatever. Other organisms can adapt the characteristics of genetically modified organisms. GMOs, the stuff all the food products brag about not having. And they could grow and basically eat all the other ones non-modified organisms up. Also, modifying crops causes the crops to take up all the nutrients out of the soil and make it less fertile. There are numerous other problems to this, such as overproduction or else small farming companies going out of business, which leads to, uh, which leads to unemployment, which leads to an increase in poverty, biodiversity loss, artificial flavors, and finally ethical concerns, which is what we're going to talk about next. Now that we've finished our debate analysis of biotechnology, let's talk about ethics. First, let's start off with the role ethics play in debate. Now, being on the more ethical side of a debate could give you uh, your argument a stronger base, but the problem is the judge might have heard the same reasons you give a thousand times. You know who else would have heard those reasons a thousand times? Your opponent. And that could lead to your opponent knowing how to rebut it 
because they heard it a thousand times, and that could lead to ultimate despair. But why would everyone have heard those reasons so many times? That's because it's a common tactic to use ethics as an excuse, which isn't a mathematical way of arguing. Just saying that, oh, genetic modification is bad because it's controversial. Instead of using it as an excuse, go deeper into it. Allow me to demonstrate. British cruelty will be your opponent and I will be you. We want British cruelty to want, to want, to want, to lose. Wait, what? I don't know, but I can't say it again. Okay, let's see. Genetic modification is good. Seriously? Fine. Genetic modification is good because the modification of genes can help insert good thing and also increase the production of insert good thing and help people get insert good thing. The modification of genes isn't good because while it has its own positive effects, the process of artificially producing more consumer goods and modifying the way a human is born violates the rules of common ethics and can deprive a person of the rights to an extent. See, you say how unethical it is rather than just saying that it's bad. Now, I do know that there's no real way to describe or summarize what I just said for the last few minutes because it was a bit of a dump of all the information in my brain, but happy debating, I guess. Wow, Kirti, that was so creative. And I love how you incorporated debate into this segment. And like you, this is... um uncharted territory for me as well. I have never really researched biotechnology before, but I find it really interesting. Do you? Yeah, I definitely do. And you were mentioning something about like biotechnology being unethical. So how do you think that biotechnology could take a person's rights away? Well, I'm the first person to come up with this, so it might not make much sense, but I think that biotech in the future could be used to genetically modify babies so that they have no genetic negatives or something, like no genetic diseases. And you know that maybe that person or that baby's parents would rather have the kid to live with the defect naturally than artificially modifying their genes. Wow, I have never thought of it that way before. And I know in the last segment, um, last week's um, show, we talked about nanotechnology and you were mentioning science fiction. So maybe you should like write a sci-fi story about that. Yeah, sci-fi story about biotechnology would be a story I definitely would want to read. Well, I would definitely want to read it too. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, but that's it for this segment. And thank you so much again. Um, be the Star You Are will be hosting a booth at the September 24th Pear and Wine Festival, and we are seeking sponsors. So please contact us through our website at www.bethestarur.org if you would like to spon sponsor a volunteer. It's going to be very fun. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where I will talk about the importance of women in STEM. Be the star you are Light up the flame that burns Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the star you are. 501c3 Charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about biotechnology, and I'll be talking about the advancements women have made in that field, along with some other interesting things, like book recommendations and describing extracurricular programs. So let's get started. You may have heard the term woman in STEM, and this term has really been coined due to the severe underrepresentation of women in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. However, these low numbers are increasing every day. In 1970, women only made up 7% of all STEM spaces, despite making up 38% of all U.S. workers. And flash forward to 2019, where women make up 40% of all U.S. workers, and they also make up 27% of STEM spaces. Now, since today's show is all about biotechnology, let's talk women in biotechnology specifically. If you didn't know, biotechnology is divided into five branches, human, environmental, industrial, animal, and plant. These branches help us fight hunger and disease, they help us produce more safely, cleanly and efficiently, and they reduce our ecological footprint and save tons of energy. Women have played and currently played an important role in each of them. According to a study by the Biotechnology Innovation Organization, women make up 47% of total employees at biotech headquarters across the United States, Canada, Europe, Asia, and Australia. 
yet they only make up just 31% of executive teams and 23% of CEOs at the companies surveyed, which is like a very disappointing statistic. And especially when you think about how many women have pioneered the biotechnology industry. I mean, women in biotech have led to important discoveries about cancer, DNA, antibodies, and more. And I'm not a STEM person. I don't really know a lot about biotechnology, the field itself, but I was really interested in learning about all these names I never really read about in my textbook, all these important women who've helped so much. So one of them, a name I think everyone should definitely definitely know is Dr. Barbara McClintock, who won a Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 1983. And she discovered mobile genetic elements, which basically paved the way for breakthroughs in plant breeding and genetic engineering, and which is very important for farming and agriculture today. And when she actually um, won the Nobel Prize in physiology or medicine, McClintock actually became the first woman to be the sole winner of the award. So definitely she's a trailblazer, a pioneer, and someone you should consider researching. Another brilliant woman and scientist is Esther Lederberg. Esther Lederberg was a major pioneer of bacterial genetics. She discovered the lambda phage, a bacterial virus which is widely used as a tool to study gene regulation and gene recombination. She also invented the replica plating technique, which is basically used to isolate and analyze bacterial mutants, mutants and track antibiotic resistance which is obviously very important for all the medicines um, you know, we use today. We would need to know if, um, our, if there's any antibiotic resistance, and it really helps the medical field in general. Now, as I was doing um, more research about this, I came across a very, very impressive person. Um, it was just amazing to me. Her, ne her name is Anika Chabrolu from Frisco, Texas. And um, back in 2020, she was only 14 years old when she won a competition called 3M's Young Scientist Challenge for discovering a potential medicine to treat COVID-19. And her winning invention used something called in silico methodology to discover a lead molecule that can pretty much bind to the spike protein of the virus. And she won a $25,000 prize. This is just very crazy to me because I also know so many brilliant students just like Anika at my school. And I actually go to a very um, STEM oriented school where majority of the kids will probably enter a science or math field. I'm in a public school yet it's very STEM oriented and it's really amazing, honestly, um, how many opportunities it's created. Um, honestly, I think we have like a science fair a week. And one thing I enjoy about my school, though I sometimes complain about it, is how many opportunities it's created for young women like my friends who will enter the STEM fields. And however, this is unfortunately not the case everywhere in the nation. So let's go back for a moment. Let's look at the statistic of women in biotech um, being 47% of the total employees at headquarters across the US, Canada, Europe, Asia, and Australia, 
but they only make up 31% of the executive teams and 23% of CEOs at the company surveyed. I really think the statistic kind of underlies how many gains we have left um, to make for women in STEM. And I totally understand the emphasis that is being placed on it right now, um, especially considering how underrepresented women have been in STEM for like decades. And it's amazing to see what has what has been pioneered. And if you're a young girl thinking about going into the STEM fields, um, there's many um, extracurricular programs. So if your school is like different from mine, or you feel like you're not getting the best resources there, or you feel like there's not a lot of access to STEM, um, there are many programs specifically designed for young girls who are entering the field. And one of them is called Sci Girls A. So this is very impressive um, to enter. It's a subsidiary of PBS. And it also offers resources for boys, but especially focuses on girls, girls in fields such as engineering, health, and technology. So it's a very, very fun site. It has plenty of kid-friendly videos and activities to do. And I think it's really like beneficial if you want to start off young because it has these like role model profiles um, meant to encourage young girls to follow their dreams. So if you want to like sign up your little sibling or someone else you know, I think it's great because there's also a section focused entirely to Latina girls in STEM. Another one is called Tech Bridge Girls and Tech Bridge Girls like Sci Girls um, hopes to, and this is their mission statement, provide training and resources for role models, teachers, families, school districts, and partners to encourage and support girls in science, technology, and engineering. So they offer um, these after-school programs in California, Seattle, and DC. But um, they also have mini PDF guides for anyone to download. And this is great. It has also has these like inspiring videos of girls working in STEM and these publications to read. So very great resource, especially if you're from the West Coast. Um, I actually did uh, have to do this in like fourth or fifth grade for computer lab. A lot of like my friends were very captivated by like coding and all the STEM stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, I could never do this. But it honestly is really fun if you know what you're doing and you're passionate about it. Um, next, we have the National Center for Women and Information Technology. So NCWIT is a nonprofit organization dedicating to helping women and girls in information technology, which is, if you don't know, its own sub-branch. And for adults looking to enter computing, NCWIT has programs and communities that give them exclusive access to scholarships, internships, and professional work. So really a very, very um, beneficial source. And if you're still in school, NCWIT also has programs that help girls from grades K to 12 um, have the opportunity to get an education in computing and further encouraging women and girls to enter the field of IT. It's a very, very great resource for every woman in the family. I know my younger cousin, um, she's just one year younger than me. She um, is part of this and she really loves it. So I, I'd say I'd recommend it. 
Next is the Girl Scouts, which I was surprised to learn about, but we all know what the Girl Scouts is. It's found in nearly every city in America. So they have been recently refreshed the curriculum to better reflect girls' interests and to focus on 21st century skills, several badge categories, like, you know, the badges you get for um, finishing activities there, have now made special use of STEM activities, including the Naturalist Bridge, Innovation Bridge, and many more. So the Girl Scouts is a very great program. It's backed by, you know, these really great, solid and research and industry partners such as AT&T, National Science Foundation, and Ingersoll Rand. So Girl Scouts does offer many hands-on ways for girls to explore STEM, both online and in person. I also did do the Girl Scouts for a year. I think I was like 10 or 11, but I wasn't good at like, there's like this one where I had to like untie like a rope knot. It was like really difficult. And I was like, I cannot do this. But I did love selling cookies. It was a lot of fun. Now, this is also a very great program. It's called Carnegie STEM Girls. And Carnegie, Carnegie STEM Girls is a program that hopes to provide young girls with the tools and resources needed to pursue a career in STEM. So the program's resources range from like these book recommendations to at-home activities and to a very comprehensive list of possible STEM careers. So again, if you're like in middle school or you're in high school and you think, hey, STEM looks pretty good, um, these are all programs that can really help you out. So this next one is called Code with Clossy, and I know this one pretty well. So basically Code with Clossy is a flagship program that provides the opportunity for young women and non-binary individuals across the countries, um, ages 13 to 18, to attend free two-week boot camps that introduce them to key computer science concepts and skills. So I actually know many friends of mine who attended this program, and they said it was like a very fun, very inclusive environment, taught them a lot. And what I find really interesting about this program is that it was started by Carly Kloss, who, if you don't know, is a former Victoria's Secret Angel and the current host of Project Runway in 2015. I love how well-rounded she is and how she kind of breaks the stereotype of like, you know, models not having anything else um, other than their looks. She's a very, very intelligent woman. Now, I want to recommend some books for you girls in STEM, if you're going into STEM, and if you're interested in hearing my recommendations. And these are just books about women in STEM. They're not like encyclopedias solely revolving around math or science. Um, unfortunately, those are not the type of books I usually read. To be honest, I've always been a little frightened and intimidated of math, and I was never very enamored by science. It's nothing like about me being really bad at them, or I just feel like what you're passionate about comes clear to you from a young age, and those are just not my passion. But I have a lot of respect for those who do make math and science their passion because it's just as enriching as humanities. And that leads me to my first book recommendation, Hidden Figures by Margot Lee Shellerly. And I know most of you have probably heard about this movie. And if you've watched the movie, then you'll know about the story. Um, Hidden Figures focuses on three African-American women working at NASA leading up to the time of the moon landing. Their names are Mary Jackson, Katherine Johnson, and Dorothy Wan. And they were extremely, extremely skilled mathematicians who made the moon landing possible. 
while they faced overt discrimination. Now, I'd say this book is pretty similar to the movie, but I read it and it goes more in depth about their personal lives, especially their education and more of the challenges they took to get where they were. And if you really want to learn more about these inspiring women, then you should definitely buy this book. It's easily like five stars out of five stars. Um, the next book is uh, that I want to recommend is called The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Now, um, this one is, I'd say it has an age rating. I'd say it's like around 15 to 16 plus. Um, it's a romance, and the main character, Olive Smith, is a third-year PhD candidate working at Stanford University's chemistry laboratory. And she's very serious about her work, but because it's a romantic novel, um, there's this funny plot where she has to fake date um, another scientist so she can prove to her best friend that she can have a serious relationship. Um, I found it pretty engaging. I, I read the book in the summer. I got halfway through and stopped reading. Sometimes I do that, but I actually started again yesterday night and I just finished it in a night. And it's no hidden figures, but I would rate it like four stars out of five. Um, for romantic comedies, I don't tend to be a huge critic because I firmly believe that there are some books that are just relaxing and light and they don't have to have a deep meaning. This is definitely one of them, but it's a very, very enjoyable read. The next book I want to recommend is Code Girls, the untold story of the American woman codebreakers who helped win World War II. And I had to read this um, for school last year in English class. And it's basically the story about young American women who cracked key access codes, access codes, helping to secure allied victory and pretty much revolutionizing the fear of crypto analysis. So if you didn't know, and I, I didn't know this until last year, is that more than 10,000 women were recruited by the U.S. Army and the Navy from small towns and elite colleges. So while their brothers and boyfriends served in the military, these brave women moved to Washington and learned the meticulous work of code breaking. Their efforts really shortened the war, war saved countless lives, and gave them access to careers previously denied to them. And I would also rate this book a five out of five. Well, I hope you enjoyed this segment and I hope I kind of emphasized how important women are in STEM and how if you're a girl in STEM, you should definitely pursue it and not give up, unless of course you're not interested in it, in which case then you should. But if you wanna do it, then do it. There's so many resources available and there are these books with these inspiring characters. So I definitely recommend reading them and joining those programs. But that's it for this segment. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where Kevin will be going in-depth about biotechnology and AI. Be the star you are Light up the flame that burns Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. bethestaryouare.org. Be the lucky star you
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the star you are. 501c3 Charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestaryouare.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestaryouare.org. Be the lucky star you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm here with reporter Kevin Chu pretty much knows all there is to know about biotechnology. Take it away, Kevin. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Chu, a Be The Star You Are reporter. My segment is AI in Us, which talks about how AI can and does affect our lives. Today, I will discuss how AI plays a role in biotechnology and genetic modification. Biotechnology, while it sounds quite complex, is probably one of the earliest sciences used by man, as it involves not just fancy machinery, engaging tiny cells, but also the general domestication of plants and animals, which, as any of you have taken a history class before, though, happened quite a while ago. Anyhow, the actual definition of biotechnology is discovering the process behind certain processes in organisms and utilizing said processes to solve prevalent issues in the world of COVID-19. And while it is now illegal to study the solution to this issue in two great children, the fact that there are living people in the world. Biotechnology is an extensive and ever-growing branch of science, given that there is still so much that we don't know about the world around and inside of us. Genetic modification is a very popular subtopic of biotechnology that is exactly what it sounds like, the modification of genes. It involves inhibiting, activating, duplicating, getting rid of, and even injecting entirely new spliced genes into an organism's genome to study the effects, the effects and uses of genes. It's a revolutionary new branch of, branch of biotechnology that many people have high hope for, hope, that many people have high hopes for, and with good reason. However, right now, I'm going to be going over the simplest biotechnology, agriculture. There are a multitude of ways that AI assists farmers, 
some of them predicting the crop, crop yield of the harvest several weeks in advance, engaging the general market price of said crops. Farmers often have issues with knowing what crops to grow and sell because of an unstable and constantly shifting market. Tomatoes might be the hottest thing on the market for months, but the next very next day might be left rotting on market shelves and warehouses. While that might be a slight exaggeration, fluctuating market prices are quite a sizable issue for farmers. Quite, are quite a sizable issue for farmers. However, through AI, the issue can be solved or at least mitigated. Market prices are influenced by a number of factors, like the prices of vendors, supply and demand, etc. While it's very difficult for normal people to be able to process and extrapolate a conclusion from the sake of a data set as even small markets can be, AI is able to use those calculations exponentially more efficiently than people can, allowing farmers to use them to predict future crop prices, allowing farmers to know which crops they should plant to make maximum profit for themselves and fulfill any demands in the market. This way, both the farmers and buyers are different beneficiaries. Farmers can live better lives and purchase better equipment, while the buyers don't have to experience a lack of supply for products in high demand. In addition, AI can also diagnose the health of plants. I'm sure that all of you know about how pretty much any phone has face ID to easily unlock the phone, or at least face tracking or recognition when taking photos. That feature can also be used to analyze plants through pictures taken of them. By making it so that the target for recognition are, are, are abnormally are abnormalities like oddly colored spots and bruises not normally found in plants, just one picture can identify any odd symptoms or might be displaying. Combined with the ability of an AI to swiftly sift through large amounts of data, any diseases or ailments that might be affecting the crops can also be can also be diagnosed. While the affected crops might already be unsellable, the farmer will be able to prevent further losses from accumulating by knowing what's causing the maladies to cure, which means the farmer will be better able to adapt to any unforeseen situations. In all, farmers can procure more money and assets than ever before with the help of AI. However, biotechnology, as I described before, is a very large and broad umbrella with many different subjects existing underneath it, with agriculture being just one of the more popular topics. Another very popular bubble other Biotechnology is the development and advancement of medicine, to which AI also heavily contributes. One way AI contributes to medicine is through its ability to do mass molecule screenings previously thought impossible, going into dozens of billions. For information, molecule screenings are predictions of what kinds of molecules can be constructed from different combinations of atoms and elements. They're incredibly useful because new molecules might have medicinal properties, like inhibiting certain vital portions of deadly diseases. However, they're also very tedious to do, because how many different possible molecules can be constructed? As I described before, there are dozens and hundreds of possible molecules. So if you had 40 different blocks and were told to list all the ways they could be put in different orders. Sure, it's quite possible you could do it, but how long would it take? Would you even be able to, given how mind-numbing it would be? Repetitive tasks are, like that are quite common in medicine, which is why AI is such a great assistant. Another one of those very repetitive tasks is diagnosing diseases with fairly precise and small symptoms. After all, unless you specifically go to the doctor for, to go for diagnosis, most of you can hide right in plain sight. However, with AI, such, any such symptoms that exist physically, like slight discoloration, can be easily found and matched with the list of possible diseases. In fact, something like similar of limits to eyes, called IR, already exists. It's quite accurate as well. Scoring 99.6% on a test for diagnosing proliferative eye diseases and 93.8% for referable ones. If you're wondering what proliferative and referable eye diseases are, proliferative eye diseases are basically cancer in the cradle, 
Referable IDCs are something you're going to have to find out for yourself because DB and I don't have a clear idea of what they do other than the fact that diabetes is easy to make myself sound like I know what I'm talking about. As I described before, the study of medicinal care can be very tedious at times, which is where AI shines. Now, onto the meat and bones of this radio show. Genetic modification and how AI assists with that. First off, gene identification and sequencing. The human genome is an absolutely monstrous data set, with 6.4 billion letters split up into various genes and chromosomes in it. To analyze something so, so large is, frankly, impossible for humans. Even the experienced teams that spent a decade on it, the results would be minimal, to say the least. AI, however, is not as limited as its puny and insignificant humans. As I mentioned before, studying a massive data set is, while not an easy task for an AI, certainly very, very doable. As such, AI is able to assist researchers in finding certain patterns in the human genome and diagnose certain issues that would be hidden deep within the genome for certain patients. However, the most impressive part AI plays is its role in CRISPR-Cas9, which is a revolutionary method of cutting, splicing, and combining different parts of DNA together. Describe it in one sentence, CRISPR-Cas9 essentially looks at certain parts of the genome to reverse copy of the gene sequence at a location, and then cuts the genome there, thus allowing other types of DNA, even from other organisms, to replace the DNA that was originally there. AI is what gives CRISPR-Cas9 its exceptional traits, accuracy and efficiency. With AI, a precise and complete, precise and complete reverse copy of the genome at a certain location can be easily created and attached to CRISPR-Cas9 which is then able to do the rest of the job by itself. CRISPR-Cas9 is John Wick, AI is his dead dog. Actually, that's a bad example. AI is more like John Wick's performance. In addition, AI is also able to predict what changes will occur as a result of splicing the genome and replacing the removed gene with a different one. This is undeniably helpful because without being able to predict what will occur, we're just going to be cutting genomes up to the right without a hint of a clue of what's going on. On top of that, AI is also able to construct the replacement DNA sequence out of them, even further improving the process. In essence, AI just makes CRISPR-Cas9 so much easier to use and implement to the point of difficulty in using it with and without is a difference between Animal Crossing and Dark Souls. AI is a revolutionary tool. Even in completely different branches of science, it shows just how useful a tool can be. Torturous tasks that have been possible for even Einstein is child's play for even simple AI, and AI hasn't even been around that long. If your processing, processing power, but AI is magnitude be, magnitudes beyond what any other scientific tool and humanity itself are capable of. If any AI was developed enough to get a hint of sentience and true growth like, a, growth like a human can, its intelligence would be unmatched. AI is something that can advance and already has advanced human development by decades. Without it, the central parts of the society we have today would disappear. All hail AI. Wow, Kevin. Again, you're always so informative, which is amazing. And I was wondering, um, what other fields of biotechnology does AI play a part in? Uh, some other fields AI play a part in is animal biotechnology. Animal biotechnology is essentially selective breeding and genetic modification of animals for different purposes and settings, similar to how certain breeds of pups, dogs like pups, pugs, and German shepherds were bred. And it can help with animal biotechnology and selective breeding by being able to predict which pair would produce the most offspring. On a more advanced scale, AI is also able to label and examine the animal genome to connect directly to certain genes, allowing for precise genetic modification of animals. AI can also be used in an industrial biotechnology. Industrial biotechnology is the study of biotechnology to improve the efficiency of industrial processes like making products in a factory. 
AI can assist with this matter by multi-screening, which I mentioned before. By discovering alternate and more efficient biopolymers through multi-screening, AI can make industry and production of products like uh, in the production of products like CARP components more effective, resulting in cheaper prices and greater quality. In addition, with seeking to create a new chemical with novel releases, AI can be used to enhance and accelerate the process by having the AI create or hypothesize possible ratios procedures to use when attempting to create said when attempting to create said substance, and also compare the actual result and the desired result to estimate how close the created molecule is to its ideal. Finally, bioinformatics. I've already mentioned it several times, but I'm naming it here for the first time. Bioinformatics using mathematics, computer science, and other various methods to store, analyze, and inspect large data sets that occur naturally, such as the human genome. As I mentioned before, AI is very proficient at searching through massive data sets, and it's an essential part of bioinformatics, possibly the most important one. I see. And how does AI like find those patterns in the human genome? Uh, AI are able to find patterns in the human genome and, in general, through the same methods we do. It's just that their processing power is dozens, maybe hundreds of times their processing power. Moreover, they have no distractions, perfect memory, no need for sustenance or breaks, and no needs in general. AI searching and processing data is equivalent of a massive team of people, with 100 total, all of them with photographic memory, perfect teamwork, and infinite energy being perked toward examining one data set. The method that AI uses to examine and analyze data sets is identical to any experienced or not for humans. It's just that AI was specialized for using that method. The minds of humans are very flexible and quick to grow, but it also means there are a bit of a deficiency in processing power that if the human brain is completely focused on. There, though, it's the equivalent of upgrading only one stat in an RPG, uh, being processing power in the case of AI. Oh, wow. So, also, what I was really interested about is, like, going back to that, like, image recognition software that you mentioned, how exactly does that work? Because that's incredible. Um, I'm sure you've heard and seen. Uh, I'm sure you've heard and seen different qualities of images and videos like 480p and 4K, right? What that means is how many vertical rows of pixels an image has. 480p has 480 rows of pixels, while 4K, for some absurd reason, has only 2,160 rows of pixels. AI sees pictures by receiving data of the location and intensity, which is basically the color of each pixel. Image recognition AI are shown a large data set consisting of a multitude of images, each with the object or objects the AI is being trained to identify. The AI is then shown these images and the location and intensity of the pixels that the object is being trained, it's being trained to identify are pointed out to it. After repeating this many times, the more the better, the AI will be able to automatically identify patterns or sets of pixels that make up the object the AI is being trained to identify. It's a bit like how people can usually identify something through the silver red. Albeit not 100%, it's pretty accurate. A bit like the little big game Pokemon show did during intermission. Wow, AI is just incredible. And I'm wondering, what other advancements of biotechnology would we lack if AI was never created? Well, for one, we wouldn't have been able to decode the human, entire human genome, which we which said recently. Without the processing power of AI, such a massive sequence of data, like I mentioned before, 6.4 million, billion letters, would have been torturous to complete and completely decode, taking a decade more at the very least. In addition, CRISPR-Cas9, which I also mentioned before, is a major benefactor of AI that would have never been created without the help of it. 
Oh, okay. And that is really interesting. And I am also like very intrigued by like applications or creations that, you know, have the function that you mentioned before. So what are some specific examples of those, you know, like iArt, which you've also mentioned? Um, those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head are Agrio and Plantix, which are both Plantix identification applications that can be downloaded on certain mobile devices. Agrio can, Agrio, Agrio, uh, can also even grow by taking in pictures from the users that, you, that uh, by the users that use it. And, and so it's a constantly growing and developing application that will progressively get more and more helpful as time goes on. Okay. Wow, Kevin, you make me learn a ton every time you're on the show. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show, but I hope everyone really enjoyed it. I know I did. And as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and her Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. And remember, biotechnology is here to help. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between